0: I'm excited to introduce a fabulous photographer, Nick Leung, who has worked as a travel photographer, director of communications for theater productions, and now a film stills photographer. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Tammy. Very nice of you to invite me to be part of it. Of course, of course. You know, I found you on Instagram. I went over to your page. I looked at your photos and I was like, I was just blown away. I mean, they are amazing. They're beautifully shot capturing the moment so it made me think and I have to ask do you touch up your photos do you color them is it the camera what is it I I shoot in raw um, and when you shoot in raw you do have to edit your photographs
1: afterwards to before you publish them I don't try and go straight too far from the the scene that I'm seeing in front of me but when you're working on unit stills, you need to replicate what the final look of the film is going to be because there might be a grade or a, an, a, an atmosphere that they're trying to replicate. So I, I do edit um, and I, at the moment I play around quite a lot with um, the, the film I'm working on at the moment is a World War II film. And so what I'm trying to do is replicate something that has a period feel to it. So I might play around a little bit with the saturation, um, but I don't want it to look too dull either. So there's a sort of a fine balance between being desaturated, having an old feel to it, but also still have the vibrancy that's a a cinematic feel to it. Um, So I might add a little bit of the vibrancy um, play a, a little bit with um, the shadows and the highlights um, and then maybe add a bit of clarity and a little bit of grain. So so that's for that particular film. But uh, it'll be different for each film and it's also different for each scene as well and different for travel photography or theatre photography as well. But uh, yeah, I, I do try and sort of work out what the final look of the film should be.
0: Um, do you use Lightroom or what do you use? Sorry, yes, yes, I use Lightroom. Yeah, and um, then do you have you just created some uh, presets so you can just like drop them on and do minor touches, or it's pretty much just you do everything? At the moment, I do everything, but that's because I'm fairly new
1: to doing film stills photography, and so I've had the time to learn and play. Um, I probably do need to set up a preset so that now i can put everything i've learned into a little bundle somewhere and and save time because as i get busier i'm going to have less time to to play with it and and i've learned a lot as well so a preset's a good way of saving that
0: yeah especially when you have like a like a theme of the photos sometimes you can just like add that to it and then boom 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 done
1: yeah 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 yeah, I, i was gonna say i think i think on on the bigger films, you end up working with uh, companies who have their own photo department. So they ask for you to to deliver the photos raw to them and they don't need them edited at all. But it's sometimes nice to sort of do a little bit of an edit on some of them to show them what the, they could look like and what your vision is for them as well. So but uh, I haven't worked in a, a film with the photo department yet, so
0: when you take home all the photos, I'm sure that you're going through and getting rid of ones, you know, like trimming it down. How many photos do you average in a day? Uh, it really depends. It, it,
1: it depends how many scenes there are, how fast the scenes are, how much dialogue is in the scene. So I, I think if you're if you're shooting an action scene, then you sort of go on to a bit more of a burst mode so that you're capturing every second and, and you capture that, that crucial moment, whether midair or or, or something. Um, also, when you're shooting something with a lot of dialogue, there's so many facial expressions that you want to avoid or get the get the moment where they look nice or they're in that moment as well. So, um it's a real skill not to overshoot and and trying to to not overshoot but uh, it, it i can't i can't say a figure i don't know how many a, a day but uh, it's it's hard to sort of like to to not overshoot sometimes but because it's such fun and so many different moments
0: right yeah and especially when things are happening like you said pretty fast um it's hard to catch the right just like you were saying like the, the right expression because you could exactly. get them in a you know, yeah. and then you're not yep. going to use yep. that. So, yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. So, I totally get that. Yeah. So, what's your gear? Can you tell us, like, the camera that you use, the lenses? Do you have two cameras? Do you shoot with just one? What do you do? So, I shoot with two cameras, um,
1: and I have a, a Black Rapid harness on so I can sort of jump between those two cameras quickly. Um, when I started Nicola's, I did Nicola Dove's course. I don't, I'm not sure if we, we said that um, on the Film Stills Academy. And I had a D750 um, at the start of that, and it's got a mechanical shutter, so it doesn't shoot silent. And by the end of the course, I realized that I really wanted to do this, and I really needed to get the, the gear to do it properly. So I bought a Nikon Z72, which I loved. But when you're on silent, I'm sure you know you quite often get challenges with banding on photographs. Uh, the Z7 II had a few problems with banding on a f- couple of shoots that I did. And then my I borrowed a, a Z9, a Nikon Z9, which is a top-end camera and was fantastic and didn't have any banding issues at all. So I couldn't afford a Z9. But when the um, Nikon launched a Z8, had the same sensor and shutter and everything as the Z9. And so I upgraded to the Z8. So at the moment I have two Z8s that I shoot on and I absolutely love them. They're fantastic. Um, the tracking is brilliant on them. The image quality is brilliant on them. It's, and there's, so far, touch wood, I've had no banding issues. So it's been great. And then in terms of lenses, I have a 24 70 and a seventy to two hundred, both of those are f eight. Uh, sorry, f eight, f two point eight. So they're they're relatively fast. Um, and I also have a couple of prime lenses as well. So if, if it's a particularly dark scene like the shoot I was doing today, then I'll I'll swap over and and shoot on a one point four, fifty 50mm lens instead, and that'll enable me to sort of cope with really dark scenes and things.
0: But that that's basically it. Yeah, the challenge with the 50 is you, it's so close that you sometimes the challenge is can I get far enough away to get yeah. it? It's really going to be close. Um, yeah, but yeah. they're phenomenal lenses. Yeah. And then do you mind defining banding for people who may not know what that is?
1: Yes, it's a complicated one. It's, um, banding is um, when the frequency of the light. In, that is lighting the scene that you're taking is on a different frequency from the frequency your camera is shooting at. And they so they capture the moment on different stages. It's quite complicated to explain it. And so what happens on an electronic shutter is that it creates bands because the photograph gets captured at different times on the sensor. And so you get these stripes across the sensor. Um, and there are ways around it, but they're pretty tricky to achieve and not guaranteed as well. So some cameras are, are fine, at don't have any banding, but other cameras
0: are uh, are less good at sort of avoiding it. So. When you're on set, do you ever like kind of quickly look through your photos or do you just not have time to do that? No, there's, uh, on, on set, there's usually a, a moment in between
1: scenes when they're setting up scenes and taking down scenes or doing um different angles and close-ups and general shots and things so there's there's time to have a quick look and just double check that your your photographs are okay like i can check for banding definitely
0: because you really don't want to shoot a whole scene and then suddenly discover you've got
1: stripes all across it not not good
0: right and the cool thing about i feel like with film is there's multiple takes so yes. you have yes. a second, a third, possibly fourth, maybe even a 10th time to shoot that scene. Um so you're kind of lucky and with memory sticks with digital you can shoot as the overshooting is the the challenge is you're not confined yeah. to yeah. a film strip where it's like I have 36 and I better nail it. <laughs> you know, or be very methodical about how and when I'm going to take that picture. And then do you tend to take the first take of something or do you kind of like let the scene kind of flow i know a lot of times they do rehearsals so you can have a a sense to see where to put position yourself what's your process when you're capturing the shot how are you thinking where do you put yourself it's usually quite tricky to find exactly the
1: right spot you you tend to want to try initially to replicate what the film camera is getting and so that usually means sitting yourself right next to the first ad and then avoiding being exactly i'm usually exactly where the boom operator is is standing as well and so um it's it's difficult to get that exact spot when you're on a film set and then i probably will shoot the rehearsal just to check my settings are right and i'm getting everything in this the screen that I want and everything in focus that I want. Um, and then, then as we move on, I'll just sort of like, maybe do a
0: couple of closer up shots and a little bit of a wide shot. So I'll take every opportunity at the moment. I love that. Yeah. It is exciting to be on, you know, a film set and capturing what could be the poster too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then yeah. to, to one day see yours, that's mine kind of, uh, exciting Uh, Let's take a kind of a step back in your life. Uh, You were a travel photographer, which I feel is just another form of storytelling. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what made you want to do that and how you approach capturing the moment in travel? Travel photography
1: was never a career. It was always a hobby. It was something I did as a creative outlet when I was able to escape from my desk job at the time. Um, I'm lucky I've traveled an awful lot in my life. And my my parents were both travelers. My dad worked abroad. My mum is from Burma. And so and I it travels in my blood. It's just something that is part of, of me and I love it. And photography was always part of me as well. So the, the two came together and I just love going to a country and capturing the essence of a place and it is very similar in in a way to film stills photography in that you're trying to be discreet and trying to sort of not really spoil the moment and in that i tend to sort of like want to capture those quiet moments when when traveling rather than sort of posed moments and things and that's very much like being on a film set you want to try and capture something that's happening in front of you not pose people and things and it's just something i i loved doing and i was lucky enough to be a finalist in travel photographer of the year about 10 times over the years um and i had three winning entries as well with that as well so all that inspired me and spurred
0: me on and and just sort of renewed my love of photography really it was great Wow, well, congratulations. I mean, that must have been, like, felt really great when that was happening. No, it was brilliant. Yeah, and then to have the eye of capturing the shot, which probably helped you in the next line of work and then the next line of work of of film uh, stills. Um, So then you also worked as a director of communications for theater productions. How did you venture into that? And then also you would sometimes shoot the productions. Mm, Yeah, well, um, I'd actually
1: been working overseas i worked in sierra leone in west africa and many years ago and i did voluntary work there and i traveled around the world when i came back for a year so i didn't land home for i I didn't live in the uk for um, about three and a half years and when i came back i was very lost i didn't really know what to do with myself and i settled in scotland and i discovered the local theater and there was something about it that just made it a really warm welcoming place and helped me really settle back into the community and to life back in in the uk um and as soon as a job came up in the press department there at the local theater i jumped at the chance and uh, spent many happy years working in theater and part part of my role was to commission photographers to to get resources uh, for photographic resources to promote the shows and so it was my job to set up photo calls to get all the actors on stage in costumes and makeup and ready for the the press to come and take a photograph of them and quite often the press wouldn't turn up and the actors would be furious um and it i mean it was just because they've been diverted to some crisis somewhere else and so we were always bottom of the list and So the solution was for me to grab my camera and I was a a photographer anyway, so that wasn't a problem. So I'd grab my camera, take photos and then get to see my photographs published in the local newspapers. And that sort of thought, "Mm, I quite enjoy doing this. Um, And then we did a series of uh, low budget theatre productions and there was no money to hire photographers in. I had to help create the posters and things so i'd grab my camera again and take posters through that and 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 that it just spurred me on to learn more about photography and to sort of like really improve my skills so i spent a long time working um out how to better my skills and did courses and classes and, and things and then eventually started taking rehearsal
0: photos and production photos for theater as well which uh, which i loved well I guess it's a happy accident life was throwing you into photography yeah which is awesome and that's why I think that people need to remember to seize the moment sometimes that you know mishap is really something for you fortunate for you well especially and did it build your skills it, it did but I mean did it build your confidence in the yes definitely did yeah and um, and I
1: I guess I had been used to working with directors writers actors designers and so it felt like that moving into unit stills was something that i kind of already knew how to do because theater is so similar in some ways but also so
0: different in other ways as well so yeah it felt like a a logical thing to do and then in the comparison to it walk us through like shooting theater and then shooting film what are the similarities and what are the differences? I, I almost didn't do Nicola's course because I thought surely that that's so
1: similar. I, I there's nothing more to learn. But how arrogant! Um, they they are very similar, um, but at the same time, I I like to think of it as the theatre production is fully cooked. You're arriving, having not seen the script, usually as the um, production photographer. So you don't quite know what's coming. You're the audience. You're the only audience, really. They're performing just for you. And you have the production run in one go st- straight in front of you. And you just have to make sure that you're in the right place with the right settings at the right time to capture every single moment. So you really don't want to miss that big unveiling scene or that big sort of like whatever. Um, so it's it's quite stressful because there's no second go at it. it you what you see is what you take and um, but it's fun it's fun to be part of it whereas on film stills i like to think of it as the um, production is still in the oven it's not quite there yet there's a little bit more creativity in it it's it's much more important to really understand what the first ad the director the the designer is aiming for um because you don't know what you're watching isn't isn't exactly what it's going to end up being it also what you're seeing isn't being run in order as well so you need to sort of get a feel for how those different scenes you're shooting are going to sit together in the final product and then of course you don't really get a chance to no well you do get a chance to shoot again um, so it, it's it's run the scene might be run several times in front of you from different angles as well. So it's uh, you get lots of opportunities most of the time. Um, and then there's a lot of waiting around. It's not quite so intense, but it's much longer days as well at the same time. So and and then the end product for theatre is probably going to come out fairly quickly as well. So you get to, your photos will be used fairly quickly on early on um whereas in film stills you probably have to wait months maybe even up to a year for those photographs to be used so there's a there's a nice sort of like cycle of things in the film industry where i'm i'm now seeing pictures suddenly being used on films that i shot last year as they do the 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 festival rounds and things or they've just developed posters and stuff and it's a it's really lovely to suddenly relive those
0: moments from last year whereas theatres but much more ephemeral it's there and then probably gone wow so do they let you know when the photos are being used do you or do you just happen to see you it happen to see it yeah but although quite often they tag you in things so
1: they're doing it on social media but oh good they'll tag you so you do you do get to see it so yeah fun
0: I was also thinking like with film you get more the behind the scenes so you're kind of seeing the crew and you're seeing, and sometimes you're capturing moments of that yeah. as well. But on theater you're only doing the production. Now maybe beforehand you might be taking some pictures behind. I don't know, did you take behind the scenes of them getting their makeup put on and all that stuff or was it pretty much the production? Um I have
1: done that as well and I do love to do that as well. So I have to for theater I have done rehearsal photos so you go into the rehearsal room and watch them quite often with scripts in their hands as they go through the motions of sort of like working at um, what, how the play is going to work um, and then very occasionally you'll be asked to come in and do behind the scenes of the show when it's on stage as well which is really really fun to do but
0: uh, so that that doesn't happen very often but yeah good fun Oh, that's too bad Mm. because those are some moments, right? And then um, in theatre, where do you position yourself? Because I don't think you can be right up front stage. You'd be blocking people's view. Where do you have to be? And then what kind of camera lens do you... I mean, you have to have like a 200, 300 to get close up or what? Well, you tend not to take the photographs
1: when the audience are in. So you get to take those photographs on the final dress rehearsal before the show gets done in front of a live audience so they the um the productions i've worked on they tend to have about a week of teching on stage so the tech is when they um go through the motions of the actual production on the stage because up until then they'll have been in the rehearsal room so they move from the rehearsal room onto the stage and they make sure that the staging of it is all correct that the entrances and exits are correct that the lighting is correct the sound is correct Um, and it takes almost a week to get that all sorted in the bigger West End shows months, not weeks but in the the smaller regional shows it takes about a week before they go on stage to the audience they put everything together and they'll do one or two dress rehearsals where they just do it as if there was an audience there but there isn't an audience there there's just me with my camera Um, and I, I tend to use the same it as I do for, for film stills. So it's uh, two lenses, two, sorry, two bodies, two lenses, 24-70, 70-200 as well. Um, and I'm um, jumping around, jumping over seats, moving backwards and forwards just to try and get different angles and different shots and, and things. So. Oh,
0: wow. That is so great. Mm. I didn't even... It was physical. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think about that. I was thinking it was done during the show. I wasn't thinking, oh, no, no, no. no. That is, that's really cool i mean that's cool to know that that's how it goes um so what made you want to move from theater to film and then how did the film stills academy come into your view to say oh i think i'm going to take this i was working in as director of communications um
1: for a major uk theater and then the pandemic struck um we managed to survive that quite well but the um the pandemic sort of then merged into the theatre being part of the UK City of Culture. So we had our busiest year ever. And then at the end of that year, uh, they decided to have a restructure at the theatre. And unfortunately, my role was made redundant. So after many years of working in theatre, I found myself without a job, not knowing what I would do next. and feeling quite lost really, not sort of understanding who I could possibly be if I wasn't a theatre person. It was so much a part of my identity, Um, but travelling and photography was also part of my identity. And somehow, the the week that I left my job, I had an exhibition of my photographs on at the theatre, uh, I had a, a, a job at the theater taking photographs and I had a another job taking some photographs for a local community company. And I suddenly thought, why am I worrying about who I am? Photography, now I have more time, seems to be eating up that time. And it just, it sort of happened organically. Um, but I needed more challenges. I needed more things to learn. I needed a new sort of industry, but something that felt like an evolution of who I was and what I'd been doing. Um, and I discovered Nicola's course and she does a, a free launch pad course um, over a week. And so I did the launch pad course and it was almost like a, a light bulb moment. And I was like, this, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I, yeah, I've not looked back since I've just, absolutely love being on set it's been great fun so what was the biggest takeaway from her course there are so many um (laughs) uh i guess to start with that the difference of um bts and unit stills and how misunderstood that is in the industry how undervalued it is i think as well People, especially starting out in the film industry, who it's the last thing they think of is to get stills photographer in. And then what makes a good still, obviously. And a big part of the course is studying other people's photographs, really getting to understand, getting your own aesthetic. And I I think realising that the only way that you're going to be able to compete in this industry is if you develop your own style and the only way you can really do that is by studying arts, studying design, studying other people's photographs, going out and being on film sets and taking photographs and things as well. So that you you get your own particular style of, of photography that that people
0: will then choose you over, over other photographers. You're right. Yeah, no. I, well, I think that that's I think there's always uh, like something for everyone. And, you know, you're going to attract the people that are going to like your style and somebody else yeah. trying to attract. So that's why I always think that there's work out there for everyone. And I think that's a great point is, you know, develop your style. You don't need to be like everybody else. Nope. You need to kind yeah. of separate yourself from everybody else and what makes you different. And where. Where does your eye capture something that hasn't been seen before in a way? Yep, yep, definitely. And so do you mind just sharing a little bit about BTS versus stills? Yeah, BTS is
1: behind the scenes. And so that's really, it's important to capture the process of creating the film. And so the crew and people in action, because I think historically as well, it's really important to be able to look back and see how those films have been created and and how people have been working together. Um, But that really is quite a small part of the film stills photographer job. The main role is really for the marketing department to try and capture unit stills. So that's photographs that are similar to the photographs that are being captured on film, but then also another artistic vision of what's happening in front of you as well so you might sort of you might try and replicate what the film's camera is capturing but then you also try and capture some other shots of the moments in front of you as well so you want to capture the lead actors but you also want to capture the other actors you want to capture engagement between those you basically storytelling you really want to capture what the story is Um, and then you might capture some little details of things um props and scenes and things as well in the set as well so yeah it's uh it's all all the resources especially now that films are promoted on so much on social media as well it's getting different styles of different shots that all open up the story really help to the audience to get a feel for what the show's like before they commit to buying a ticket and going and seeing it somewhere
0: and really the importance of a still photographer that I wanna just mention is is that in marketing, nobody wants a screen capture of the video because that's not high enough quality. And no. you really need, so do you, do you mind just talking a little bit about that? Yeah, I think people probably when they're starting out think that they can just
1: get a screen grab. Um, but the, the screen grabs tend to, not, not every moment that is on a film Necessarily makes a good marketing shot as well. So there are some screen grabs that might make good marketing shots, but even if they do, they tend not to blow up into the right type of resolution that can be used in posters and print and to be published in the press and, and things as well. So they're they're not they're really not suitable for uh, for use to marketing.
0: Yeah, and that's the importance of hiring a still photographer.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, to
0: get to get the shot, and and that 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 is their job is to focus on getting the shot. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do you work with the director on kind of the vision of what they're thinking, or the producer, or do you just feel like, for most of the sets that you've worked on, you pretty much just know what you kind of need to get and have very little guidance to get there. Um. I, uh, to date, I've been
1: able to see a script and sort of understand what the story is. So that's the the starting point. And then when I arrive on set, I'll have a chat with the director and the first AD and see what their vision is for it as well. And then I'll watch as they stage things and set up rehearsals and and go through the the actual scene itself and see what's important about this scene. What's the detail in it that's going to make a good shot? what are they trying to achieve as well so sometimes um you might get a chance to have a meeting with the director in advance and they'll do a zoom call with you or something and just sort of get give you an idea of what the aesthetic is they're trying to sort of aim for but uh, most of the time you just get a script and uh, and then asked to arrive on set and, and then and then they're busy so you if you get a chance to have a chat that's great but they don't always so
0: um, and then any process with the script that you do when you're reading it? Is there any, like, do you read it a couple of times? Are you noting things? What are you looking at when you're reading the script? I probably
1: will, I'll read the script once and then I'll probably read it again. And then I'll probably read it again in relation to the call sheet. So the call sheet might have a uh, all the different scenes and then I'll sort of have a look at what that scene is and where that comes in the day and but yeah just to to give me a feel for it really more than anything the 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 shoot i was on today had a um a brilliant storyboard as well that they'd sort of done and sketches and photographs and things on which was really really interesting
0: um do you try to capture those those uh graphics like in as it's being like oh okay so that's kind of what they had in mind for it or does that ever help you spark some like oh oh i like that i i should i should try to capture that i tend to watch what they're doing
1: on the back of the camera more than i look at the storyboard i think because it, it changes so much from that point onwards it it's uh it's easier just to sort of Look at the the back of the camera and see exactly what focal length they're going for, if it's a close up shot or wide shot, um, what angles they're using, how much detail there is in it. So yeah,
0: what's their white balance? Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> That's what I look at. Uh, uh, what's their ISO? You know, like what yeah. what settings are they using? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, how did you get on the feature calling the tune? calling the tune is a world war II
1: love story so it's um it's set over two generations and it's it's a really lovely story that uh, teaches you not to trust things at first first impression really and it's a low budget feature film um by a, a local i think he was a theater writer originally he put an advert onto uh, one of the Facebook film forums, um, asking for extras for a, a scene that they were doing, and I just messaged him and said, "Have you got a stills photographer?" Nick, Nicholas, course, gives you tips on how to get experience on set and how to find people. And one of the good places is Facebook film groups, and there are lots of them, so it's uh, it's really useful to to join the ones in your area and see what what has been created, what's happening. And and I love the amazing, interesting people that you meet by, uh, by reaching out to all these people. It's like it's a little bit like being a gardener. And you, you seek out this fertile ground and then you sort of make connections and you you plant seeds and you nurture those seeds and you hope that one of them will spring
0: into something something joyous and wonderful and fertile so it's fun yeah i think that that's a great point that you just made facebook groups because i've done the same thing i've reached out like when they're looking for crew even if you're not listed still reach out because it may or may not have been something they've been thinking about that's what i did is i reached out to somebody that i saw was looking for crew and i asked do you need a still photographer and they said yeah come And then they wanted video so it was like a whole different and they gave me a camera and i was just like oh my god And it was really fun because you just never know one who you're going to work with and what they teach you like this one guy's like okay uh film me doing putting together a c-stand and and so i did more video than i did the the stills but i just thought wow what an opportunity to think about social media and to just think about it in a different way so maybe a little different from what you do, but I just thought you never know who you're going to meet and then who's going to bring other things to you or, or just thinking in a different way. So I just, it's great networking. It is.
1: And, and I just love the community that you, the world that you end up in, and how many con- connections there are as well, just quite uncanny as well. And, and Nicholas calls also brings a brilliant community together as well because i think working as a a photographer can be quite an isolating thing as well because there's usually only one of you on any given project and so nicholas created a really lovely community of other photographers and we're all there and support each other and give each other advice and and things so that uh, that's really lovely as well as meeting all these amazing crew and talented sort of creatives as well that are so inspiring out it's just a great industry to be in I love
0: it yeah I do too it's so wonderful (laughs) I I just think just the opportunity that you know you're you're kind of a family for the shoot you know and the more that you're on set the more you get to know people in different departments I mean if you do talk to people which I always recommend people do that Um, but yeah I just think it's and and it is kind of like I'm glad that you kind of brought up that point you know you are a department of one, you know, even though you're working with other people, you don't have another stills photographer with you going, okay, you capture over there, I'm going to do this. And, you know, it's like you can work with, you're really kind of on your own, which is a pro and a con sometimes, you know. It really makes you have to be like, almost feels like a little bit of a lone wolf. Like you have to, you really have to be confident in what you're doing because you have no backup. But also that you get to kind of, be a you know kind of come and go in the flow of everybody in different ways that's yeah kind of neat yeah yeah it's very cool yeah so um are there any other projects you're working on that you'd like to share about um i'm
1: in process of reaching out and looking for new projects the the calling the tune film is uh i've got one or two more final shoots one next weekend and then that's over um I'm on today. I was working on a really lovely project by a couple of um, young female filmmakers who are very inspiring. Um, and then the week after next, I'm working on a, a, a small indie film with a, a local film writer. Next month, I've got another short film that I'm working on, which looks really inspiring. And I've reached out to lots of people, including Channel Four and the BBC, and. They've both come back with really encouraging responses, which was really great. So hopefully, I'll I'll get some work with them at some point as well. Um,
0: yeah, it's a uh, stick fighting time. Yeah, it is, and it seems like you've got a flow. It's so funny when when we first think like. Well, yeah, I have a couple things going on, but then the more you talk about it, it's like and this thing, oh yeah, and that and thing that and that thing. Thing. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. great. And is that all through? That's all through just reaching out like using the Facebook group and just reaching out to people that you got all these gigs. I but I've
1: been to various networking events as well. So the Midlands is a real hub of um bubbling of sort of creativity with the film and TV industry as well. There's a lot happening here, so it's quite an exciting time to be here, there's a couple of different studios, um, several studios, actually, some really great locations, great crew. Um, so I think it's it's rapidly sort of becoming the place to be if you want to work in film and TV. Um, and I've been to various different networking events at different studios and things and met with some really inspiring people. And yeah, the, so some of them have been through the networking events. Some of them have been through contacts that i had already um and some of them have been through facebook groups so yeah well thank you so much for being on the show thank you for having me it's been a, a real honor to to be um part of the the process of your stories and, and i've really loved listening to some of the podcasts that you've been doing and the people that you've been speaking to it's been very inspiring so it's, uh, it's lovely to be part of it